Welcome back to the official Atari Games podcast. This is Jason here, joined by a, a large group of uh, fellow Atarians here. I got uh, I got Ethan. He's back, VP of Games. Sharuk Faridi, Marketing Coordinator. Sam Brown, Publishing and Compliance Coordinator. It's a fancy, fancy title. Anyway, we're here hot off the heels of PAX West. And that's basically what we're going to talk about today. News-wise, well, a lot of stuff Ooh. was all focused on that. Not many new announcements coming up, but just a general reminder, Days of Doom's coming out next week, so be sure to wishlist that, pre-order it if you'd like. Wishlisting if you are if you just want to do the bare minimum, that would be wonderful. Just go over there to Steam, click that wishlist button, tell five friends, or bad luck will haunt you for 10 years. And then oh, pass shoot. it on. Does that apply time. to us as well? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, they should bring back it. chain mail. Chain mails, chain letters. <laughs> yeah, I that remember that. Texts, circle mails. We should I feel like that happens that. sometimes on like Instagram stories. I get the ones that are like, if you don't post a funny picture, then you know your dog's gonna die or something. Wow, that's dark. Yeah, that's just me who gets that. I prefer the ambiguous ones where it's like bad luck's gonna happen, or you know, sometime in the future you're gonna trip and you know you're gonna stub your toe. You know, <laughs> right. hey, uh, hey, hey, marketing guys, make that happen. Incorporate that into the next chain mail. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> chain letters with uh, with with vague threats. Sure. I cool. like the inappropriate holiday ones and that I won't yeah. repeat. Fair enough. <laughs> well, look, we got a lot to talk about for PAX, so we're going to skip the news, but I do have a warm-up question, which I'm quite excited about, because look, I like to keep the warm-up questions like not so much game-related, but somewhat current to the pop culture uh, to the cop, to the pop culture sphere, so to speak. And uh, what's everybody talking about this week? Aliens. So aliens. we're going to go around, and you're going to answer two questions. Aliens. Are they out there and are they here? Ethan. Are they out there and are they here? Yes. Is it both things? You need to answer both of those questions. Are well, aliens I mean, je- well? Because if they're here, they obviously exist and they are out there, but they're also here. I think right? the question is also like, what what does what makes up an alien? Like, I mean, are there bacteria <laughs> and things that were at one point in the outer space? That I will are now leave this up to planet? you. Look. Fun, fun, uh, fun coincidence here. You're the first person on this list to answer the question. So tell okay. us. Take us well, wherever you like. Well, do aliens, are aliens out there? I mean, quantum physics tells us that, of course, in an infinite universe, that there are, you know, we exist. Not only do aliens exist, but some version of us, you know, wearing each other's shirts. I'm wearing the, um, the uh, DuckTales shirt, you know, in that universe. As an alien, I exist out there. And then, are they it. here? Um, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think that they're here. All right, fair enough. Shaw, what say you? Uh, aliens, are they out there? And are they here? They're out there. I, 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 I believe that they are zooming. The universe is way too big for us to just be alone in it. I'm pretty sure there's fucking weird creatures out in the universe. Um I don't believe that they're here, though. I think I think they have like more important things to do than spy on us. We're not we're not that exciting. We're just gonna kill each other. Oh, Aliens okay. have better things to do. Wow, you took it you took it to a fun place, Sam. Aliens out there, out here. Aliens out there, probably. Oh. Out here, probably not. Okay, fair enough. Um, I guess I'm last then. Out there. No doubt. For sure. There's something out there. Are they here? Man, I want them to be. I love like the ancient <laughs> alien stuff and those crazy 
theories. And then like, you know, those history channel shows where you get a bunch of military guys in a room (laughs) and they're like, and there's like 12 guys and 11 of them say the same story. And then that one guy's like, "Eh, not exactly like that. And then they're like, we almost had it. Why would he say that? That's not what happened. He knows what happened. He was there. They got to him. I want to believe it. Realistically, (laughs) probably not. Well, what oh, if they're, was, like, no. so incredibly small because, mm. like, they live in a universe where they're very, very small that we just don't ever see them? They're, like, there are millions of them who live on this planet, and they've been here. They got here in, like, the early 60s, like, on like a, <laughs> like on a piece of a meteorite or something. And yeah. they've they been here. Woodstock. They've colonized. So what are they doing like they, every day? Like, they hitched a ride with Tom Cruise on Apollo 13, and they just said, oh, we're here now. Yeah. Tom Cruise. <laughs> Sorry, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Um, yeah, I mean, me. I don't know. Like, Tom Cruise uh, went to space. Remember? I love that. Uh, was it a? I can't remember if it was a Rick and Morty or a, a Futurama episode. I think it was a Futurama where like Bender was like floating in space, an entire like yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. like civilization like formed on his stomach. <laughs> yeah, That's he became God, and then he met God. Spoiler alert! Yeah, Great episode. Probably, probably one of my favorites. Anyway. Okay, so follow-up question: Is there a God? Is God out there? No. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll save we'll save that warm-up question for uh, for another episode. I think that's a good one. Um, yeah, because I think we all have strong opinions on that. Good good call though. Yeah, to be continued because we got a lot of ground to cover. We're at Pax West. That's all we're going to be talking about for this episode. Yes. So um, that's that's the topic of the show. That's what we're going to talk about here. Um, what I want to do is start with a general history with Pax. You know, I think we all have various histories with it. And uh, Ethan, I know you have some uh, some more intimate history, so to speak. That's maybe not the best word for it, but whatever. Kick us off. What's your history with PAX? You know what's really crazy is uh, we we did a, 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 a internal meeting this week where I talked about PAX. And before that meeting, I did some research. I didn't realize that the first year I went to PAX was like the like was like the second or third year it existed, um, because um back in college um this is gonna date me i guess i was reading you know penny arcade a bunch like i loved penny arcade and control alt i think it was control delete i think was one of them um there was a bunch of other like video game related um web comics and uh yeah and i always wanted to go to gaming events when i like I would sneak into E3 because I live in Los Angeles area. So I would like go and sneak into E3 and stuff. I always wanted to like go to these game events. And like PAX was the first one that I ever knew of where it was like, this is where gamers were collecting together to do stuff. And uh, I used to go, I went once when I was in college and then I didn't go back for another, like a number of years until I went again. But I think I've gone for like eight years in a row, maybe, or nine years in a row now. Uh, I guess, of course, I missed um, like a year, maybe two years for the pandemic. Um, but yeah, I love going up there. I love Seattle. Uh, that ju- like, so just west? Have you ever been to east? I've never been to east or south. And believe it or not, I've also never been to Australia. Well, oh. I've been to Australia. I never went to PAX Australia. Got it. Shaw, what about you? What's your history with PAX? Um, my history with PAX, I watched a lot of PAX panels um, like in college, like Giant Bomb and Game Grumps and all those guys that would do panels, like uh, they would have like hour, two hour long panels at PAX. And that's what got me super interested in like games in general. Um, and then I didn't have 
the opportunity to go until I went to PAX East last year um, at my previous job. So I, I hung out in Boston and just played a bunch of indie games. And that, that was that was a really fun show. It was a different vibe from West, um, which maybe we'll get into. But like PAX East is like a giant room where West was like split into different halls. Um, and yeah, that, that was my that was my first PAX experience. It was, it was a lot of fun. Well, that's and, actually worth taking a little bit of a detour here because that yeah. is that is unique to this year, right? Yeah, I well, think so. kind of. I mean, in the convention floor is normally the, the single building, right. um, but this year, of course, Nintendo took over the entire South Hall, and um, but there was a, a really awesome. I thought the the new building where we were set up was such a cool building, and yeah. like had all these floors, and you kept going up. Yeah. Every like banquet room you'd go into had all kinds of cool stuff in it. Um, but in the past, like, especially in like, I remember in like, I don't know, 2015, 2016, I feel like it, when it, it was so big, it was all across downtown. Like all the hotels had panels going on in them basically. And there were like events that were not, some of them were, were so tangentially related to the packs. They'd be like, um, I don't know. They would be like a, like a D and D party, or there would be like a, you know, a tournament for, for some game or I don't know, there would be just like a brand takeover of like a, an area of downtown, which over the, you know, since 2019, even 2019, I feel like it was less. So anyways, there, there it, it has been stretched across the city in the past. It usually is the convention floor. No, the convention floor is normally all in one building. Got it. Sam, what about you? What's your history with PAX? Um, I'm probably the, the, the least experienced with PAX. Like I would read, the uh, webcomic back in the day, back in the day for me is like the, the mid two thousands. But, um, I, I, I went to my, my first PAX East this year, actually. Cause I won, uh, I won a four day badge in a, in a raffle online. And, uh, that was so much fun. Like I've never been to a convention like of that size before. And then obviously I went to PAX West with all you guys and it like blew my mind, like how much bigger it was in comparison. Well, I actually have you beat with less experience in PAX <laughs> because I've been to PAX East for one day. And that was back in maybe 2011, 2012. And I don't even know why I was one in Boston, two, why I went to PAX East. I was just there. I remember staying at a Kimpton. I remember having a decent dinner. That was it. And then I went there, showed up, got the train back, probably ate a train dog on an Amtrak. Anyway. Train dog. That's, train dog. Good. Tra- well, it could be worse. I guess it depends on, on where you're getting it. Amtrak. Amtrak train dog. Well, I also Sam, just love too. I'll just say too about like PAX yeah. West, which I think is, um, which makes it kind of special to me, I think. And I don't know, but like that's where that community started. That's where um, Gabe and Tycho, they originally threw that first one in Bellevue, I think. And then, um, hmm. so there's just something about, it being this real grassroots thing. I mean, it's definitely got its corporate overlords on it now, and there's a lot of organization to it, but, you know, it really kind of started there. It feels to me, maybe it's because that's most of the time when I go to Seattle, I go there for PAX, but, like, it feels like it's part of the city, um, which I love. And, like, every all the fans and people who are there are, like, every hotel, every restaurant you go to, it just feels like, People who love games and board games and, and general game culture are all in one in that city for that weekend, and it's and it's so awesome. 
yeah, yeah i was really I mean, surprised at the scale of pax west like it's coming from like only going to pax east that one time it like it felt so indie and just a year later like going to pax west it just like it feels like you're at like a big old video game conference and the like the scale of it and who was there and how many people we saw like it felt like a a legit show and i think maybe like coming off of e3 not existing anymore is a reason for that but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i'm interested to see like where pax goes next year um, yeah it's cool to see doug bowser in a starbucks and yeah. run into shuhei yoshida at a uh, at a playstation party look at me i'm name dropping i'm name dropping here we <laughs> I go thought you were already friends with these guys don't you just go hang out with them yeah you, you know play like we... um i was trying to come up with a japanese rpg game but uh Go ahead, keep go ahead. Just throw one out there. Um, what do you think? What do you think we play? I, I, I don't even <laughs> with know. Uh, with cross platform support. Could be anything. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Could be maybe Genshin. Genshin. I don't even play Genshin. I don't, I don't play think, that. But is Genshin on Switch? Uh, oh no, they announced it on Switch, but I it never Genshin came is. Out. On, I thought it was like a PlayStation <laughs> exclusive. It is. It hasn't come out on Switch. They like, did announce um, it when it first came. When it first was revealed. My brain like went immediately blank when I tried to pull up a. a We're playing Monster Hunter. We're all, we'll just call it Monster, Monster Hunter. Hunter. There we go. There you go. That's fun. Everybody loves Monster, Monster Hunter. Hunter now. On, anyway, uh, we have mobile. What's the anyway, one about the high schoolers? Yeah, that's the one. Persona, no, we we yeah. don't we don't. Is the sadly I wish. Hey, look if uh, if Shu and uh, and Doug, if you guys are listening, let's play some Monster Hunter. Let's let's get out there and hunt some monsters. It's a lot of fun. We'll jump on Monster Hunter Rise. Great game. Um, I want to I want to shake up the order a little bit because I we'll get into the actual nuts and bolts of the the actual Atari presence and how it went down. Um, but I want to know, and I, I'm kind of making guesses here on who will have the the most to least amount of things to say here. So, Shaw, I'll start with you. What is your prior convention experience from the from the booth side perspective? From like having, oh. a, from like from having um, presence at a convention versus um. showing up as a consumer. Um, this is weird. Um, this was my first, well, we had play NYC like last month or something. Yep. Um, that was my, on the spot because I feel like you and I are going to be pretty similar. (laughs) Sure. Um, yeah. So, I mean, play NYC was the first time, like I was manning a booth and like, uh, as a company, but like before that at, in like a previous life, I would, I would work a lot of conferences, like selling booth spaces. So I was like on that side of it for a few years. So I was like familiar with how some things worked. Um, and like running a show per se, but this was my first time on a, like I'm an exhibitor at a conference, um, at a big, let's say like, let's say hypothetically, let me, let me put you back in this role as a previous life, right? Let's say hypothetically you, you sell some booth space to somebody, right? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you sell some, some booth space to somebody immediately next to them. And they're putting up like this giant (laughs) wall, like right next to that booth that would basically block the entire conference in like looking at it, like, uh, I don't know, a 60 degree angle. Yeah. Yeah, So what, what would you like say something or would you just be like, yeah, it's cool. It's a cool looking uh, wall. I would avoid that exhibitor. Speaking, of course. I would avoid that exhibitor at all costs. Oh, oh wow! Speaking. I would see the wall and go. I'm not going to talk to them um, because they're I probably selling the mad space at me. From like the you know, if you were on like the pack side of things, hypothetically, would you be like, I, hey, you man. know, for something like that, I would probably like let somebody know, like, hey, by the way, 
these guys are going to be here and they're going to erect a 60 foot wall mm. um, in the air with giant signage. Um, so nobody's going to see your booth. Right. Um, that's you a good, know, uh, a yeah. courtesy email, maybe. Sure. Um, that's a great hypothetical situation. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go. That would never happen. No, that would never happen. Now, I'm going to go next here is the prior experience. Basically the same. We did play NYC um, also for the Tribeca Festival, you know, partly involved. I was involved oh, yeah. with that. I mean, the three I forgot of us about Tribeca. Involved. Yep. That that happened this year, believe it or not. It's just yeah. crazy to to think about. Also, um, I was there on the show floor at GDC showing off Pixel Ripped earlier this year as well. Um, that was an experience telling show because that was the first time showing people how to play a VR game. And that's that's kind of it for me. Sam. You, you have the absolute most interesting answer to this question, so take this away. Well, okay. So I don't have a lot of experience at, like, these industry shows. Like, the the most I really attend regularly for that is, like, NY, NYCC every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I do visit a lot of, like, fan conventions, like, like, like anime video game conventions, like a MAGFest... Uh, all all the different anime uh, conventions. I used to go just for fun. Nowadays, my fiance is usually working in the artist alleys, so I'm along for the ride, helping her uh, uh, man her 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 booth and the and the register and everything. Oh yeah, who's your who's your fiance? Why don't you give give that a plug? Why don't you drop the <laughs> uh, drop the name? You, here? you can look up a dressy a deer. On uh, on on Etsy and uh, whatever social media you might have sells so lots of cute uh, fan art, original art, stationery. It's all good. Great. All good enough, stuff. Enough of the enough of the ads. Okay, <laughs> so censor all that out. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna it's just gonna be a bunch of like sensory. Like he just drops some foul foul things. Long, yeah, we can't be selling bleep. that. We can't be selling that kind of stuff out here. Um, yeah, check that out. Um, check out Dressy Deer on Etsy. Um, but yeah, it's it, that somehow you underplayed the amount of these conventions that you go to. Uh, but we'll we'll leave it there for the. I'm How usually many do you go at to one of these year? conventions like every other weekend, at least over the summer. It's like pretty much every other weekend. It Would starts you say to like slow twenty down to thirty a, a year. A year, probably. That sounds about right. Maybe was it okay more. how I presented it at the at the company meeting? I I realized I was trying oh, yeah, to like no, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to not like put you too much on the spot or like dox you or anything. I was just trying <laughs> to like speak to how much experience you have with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was that was good. I I got uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the 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 shout out. I I felt like we should leave the doxing for this and uh, doxing accomplished. All right, Ethan. <laughs> Not only do I want to know prior experience, I want you to also lead into the strategy, like from that experience of what your strategy was, because as you were the kind of the lead on putting this whole thing together, what was the drive? So where, where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Where did you go? <laughs> um, yeah, I have done a bunch of different event stuff. Cause I have kind of like a prior light, two weird prior lives right where like one part of it was i used to do san diego comic-con a lot i used to work at a film studio back in the day and we would do like a pretty significant presence at comic-con every year and spend you know 
millions of dollars on on activations and booths and all kinds of stuff and so i'd get really involved with that uh so i had a lot of experience doing comic-con on like a big show floor scenario like that i've also done like other like trade show events um in like vegas like ces and um I got a couple of GameStop shows, which you also went to recently. So that was yes. another show you went to, Jason. Oh yeah, that's true. That was the least setup ever. So that was that was pretty good. Sometimes this is like that, though. Um, that's the ideal. Show up, talk to people for four hours about your game, and then leave. Also, bring a growler of root beer and try to harass people to bring you ice for said <laughs> warm root beer because your refrigerator <sighs> is freezing all your drinks and will shatter a glass bottle. Yeah. That's well, I mean, root beer is an old timey drink, so can't you just like leave it at room temperature? Like, yeah, but it's not. Side? I like cold drinks. What's the point of drinking lukewarm? No one wants lukewarm anything. Know. Just you know, washes the palate. No one. Um, no one says. What do you? You like hot drinks or cold drinks? I, I prefer lukewarm. That should have been your <laughs> intro question. So I, I also <laughs> used to do these later. really weird art installation things. So I, um. In another life, I also did a lot of these like VR, like interactive installations, um, and a number of them had to do with like installing motion capture volumes at in like museums or places, and then set up these weird. I don't know. So like kind of what we did at Tribeca was hmm. I had done a couple events like that where we did um, kind of has I had some behind the scenes experience with with that and like creating customer flow, like, like viewer experiences, stuff like that. So, and some of that I used to do when I was at the film company as well. But anyways, so coming into PAX, I really was like, wanted us to just be on the show floor and just to talk to people. I think that we went to play NYC in, when was that? The beginning of August, right? Yeah. Uh, like the first week yeah. of August. And when we did that, the goal of Play NYC goes, it's kind of in Atari's backyard because Atari's based out of New York. So it was an easy show for us to bring a bunch of stuff to set up, you know, and talk to people. It's a really small show, but I found like what was the most rewarding was people would walk up and they would ask like, Atari's here. Like, that's crazy. Like, what does Atari do? What is Atari doing? And I found it most rewarding to just talk to those people and just be like oh we got this and this is what the hardware team's doing this is what we're doing on the game side and like that was so great um and so going into pax that was really the primary thing we wanted to do right was just we want to be part of the conversation uh, when people think about what's going on in games uh, i think so often people know the brand of atari but don't know what we're up to and what we're doing. And as much as we are doing things internally, we know what there's so much happening here at Atari. I think oftentimes we lack that opportunity to talk directly to gamers and talk directly into to the community. I mean, we, we do it through our social channels and stuff, but those social channels only get so far. They only really get to our followers. So for like the random gamer who plays Path of Exile, and, you know, is waiting in a Path of Exile line against the huge wall that's blocking our booth for an entire day. Um, um, wants to, like, come in, like, they're like, oh, look, there's Atari. And maybe they walk by and they see, and maybe they don't have a nostalgic connection to Atari, but they yeah. know the brand. They can walk by and check it out, see our games. And, again, even if they didn't touch a game, didn't see anything, didn't talk to us, just walk past our booth amongst everything else that's at PAX I think that that's was is valuable, and that was kind of the the kernel of why 
what their strategy was going into packs. Like, let's go talk to people, remind them that we make games. And then it ended up being there was a lot of additional stuff we ended up adding to that. Like, as once we had the booth space, like, there was a lot of other opportunities to work with other teams within Atari to showcase a bunch of cool shit that we were doing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think that that was, that was basic. That was kind of the basic strategy. I don't know about you guys. And then I'll put this back on you, but like, um, did you, have you, did you, have you guys ever been to like shows like CES or like other game shows? Have you gone as like consumers to other conventions in the past, like game shows? Not like game shows answer. like Jeopardy, mm -hmm. but like, you know, game conventions. I wish. I'll let you guys answer first. No. No? no? No, yeah, like I said before, like I haven't been to any industry shows before like this year. Yeah. So yeah. like I would love I... to go to those and just walk through and just because you walk past the like if you go to CES and you walk past yeah. the Sony booth. I don't have to talk to anybody. I don't have to look. I, I'll just go walk through it, and I can look like, oh, that's this TV. They're pushing washing machines. They have this stuff. And you can kind of, like, see, like, oh, this is what Sony's up to in, like, in like five seconds. So I, I can speak to it because I've, I've been – I love going to conventions. I, got, I went to – I had the privilege of going to a few E3s. Even, like, between my industry experience, I still was able to go to E3 just, like, as a fan when it was industry only. So that was pretty cool to do. I went to CES for a lot of years in a row. because, And that's actually one of my favorite shows in general. Just because it's everything and it's the most over-the-top productions of anything. And you get the wildest stuff where you're just thinking to yourself, well, that's not real. Like You're, you're just straight up lying. The best example of this is there was a... There was these guys trying to sell a like a dresser that was a laundry that was like a laundry machine, but it would also fold your stuff. And they would just like they, you could tell it's just like, OK, cool. They got an idea. They got investment. They tried to make it work after the fact and then just couldn't make it work. So they showed up to a few of these and then just didn't. It just never happened. But I also love how, you know, in these conventions as well is the. You know, the amount of stuff that's being taken up in the center with like the large, big temple stuff. So in something like CES, you'd have your, you know, your Samsungs, your LGs, and then it gets progressively smaller as you go to the outside to the point where you get all these foreign ones around the outside, like at your, um, and, then, and then to the point CES is the craziest one because you get all these knockoff Chinese hardware devices. And you're like, is that an iPad? Nope, not an iPad. Looks like an iPad. But then you turn it on and it's like, oh, it's actually running Linux or something. That's strange. This looks like a switch. Oh, it's not a switch. It's just a bulky, portable uh, PC device. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love those things. I love going around and just finding new stuff. I, you know, going to E3 and again, walking around the outside is always the most interesting thing for me at these conventions. Walk around the outside and seeing what's there because you, you already know about everything that's in the middle. It's what's around the outside that's more interesting. That's how I discovered the game all so many years ago a game called El, El Shaddai I'll never forget walking <laughs> around the outside of E3 and just seeing El Shaddai and be like what is this and I love that game and nobody I mean I saw I think Sean and Sam you guys both nodded like yeah you know that game mm -hmm. Ethan you know El Shaddai or does that sound like one of those made up games I don't know that game I probably did we release it recently or am I making that up yeah they, they every so often it pops up I don't know if they yeah. actually did really look I, I gave them their money when it came out was it they like an it. old PS2 game or something it was on 360 and PS3, I believe. Okay. Very cool looking. Very, uh, very interesting. Very unique. But but was, I, uh, I guess part of my good. point there was that like I think you can walk around E3 and you're kind of 
you have this visual reference of the entire industry. You're like, oh, this is the industry. These are all the people. These are all the companies. These are all the games that make up what's going on right now. And yes. so I think there's an element of being at a convention like PAX with our, you know, with the big glowing Atari logo and a bunch of our games to show off to just put a stake in the ground and remind people that we are part of that community. Well, describing the booth is interesting because, you know, you said that big glowing Atari logo and that was that was actually on the side that I was on. So the whole booth setup itself, to give a brief overview, is, you know, you basically had this big cube right in the middle on one side of in the front. You had the merch, you had the merch table with like that really cool pattern that uh, that was designed with like a lot of the vector graphics on it. And that was the merch at the front going around. Let's say, hang on, I'm like imagining a clock bird's eye view. We're going counterclockwise. Then you had the um, the 2600 plus on the side and then demos of uh, Mr. Run and Jump, which is speed runs for. And Ethan, I'll never forgive you for reading my score after I was so happy that I got it. Then um, let's see. F then next to that was Haunted House and then uh, Atari 50. Going around to the next side was the Atari 50 arcade co uh, cabinets from Arcade 1-Up. And then going around to the other side there, which is where I spend most of my time, was Days of Doom, Lunar Lander, and Quamp 2. But that side also had this giant glowing Atari logo. And the amount of people who would go by and just want to take pictures in front of that thing was uh, was quite a heartening thing to, uh, to see. So um, I, I think it did a pretty good job of attracting people. Just seeing this giant white glowing thing would have been great if there wasn't a giant wall block in that. Um, I want to go back to Shaw and kind of go down he could he could start here with this question, which is, um, you know, what are the highlights? What, what would you say was um, were a couple of the highlights that from your perspective uh, from the event? And that could be anything that could be highlight success from the Atari perspective, own personal highlights. I know you got to meet some people you're kind of excited to so just kind of mm -hmm. go run wild with some. Positivity um, here. I guess I'll, I'll start with the actual like booth building part of it. Like Ethan, and I got there. Wednesday, uh, like afternoon or whatever. And you just get there and it's just like, you see skeletons of like all of these gigantic booths that are starting to, to come up. Um, and so like kind of walking into the hall for the first time, kind of like smelling that like convention air, which is a thing. Um, and then you start to see things kind of start to come together. Um, and then like being able to see the whole thing come up uh, we saw the, you know, the wraps go up, the lights turn on, the demo stations start to be built. And then you can start to kind of envision like where everything's going to be, where people are going to start walking into what they're going to be attracted to the most, um, and figuring out how to position things. Like that's, that's the stuff that I, I really loved doing, um, kind of at the beginning of the show. <clears throat> and then, yeah, honestly, it was just like huge highlights for me, a, a part of that. Aside from that is just seeing how excited people were uh, to come like play Atari games, especially seeing like kids with their parents um, like growing up, like my parents would never take me to a, a gaming convention because like couldn't afford it. And they weren't like, you know, happening all the time uh, like they are now. Um, so like seeing like parents like with their kids showing them games and talking about like Atari and the stuff that they grew up with and hanging out with them while they like play demos. Like I, I watched this like um, little girl with her parents, like 
frustrate her way through Quamp 2 until the point where she was just mastering it. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, cause like it's, it's not, it's not like my, our target demo when we're talking about marketing a game is like, um, you know, parents who are showing kids their video games. You kind of only get that when you go to these shows. Um, so like moments like that, where you just kind of see families walk around and, and play games, um, selling merch, like those rushes where people would just kind of come up and they'd be like, I need a medium. I need a large, I need this, I need this. And it's just like, you kind of like get into the groove of like pulling shirts out and everyone's like, where, where is it? I can't find it. And like freaking out and like, uh, getting those sales like that, that that's a fun rush. Um, and then I can keep going, but I think the last one is probably like, that's yeah, fine. You good? you know, um, meeting giant bomb was really, really cool. They, they yeah. came around the booth. Like those guys are, um, I, I wish I got to talk to them more, but they they were kind of just walking around. Um, they're like the reason I got into games. So it was really cool. Like just chatting with them for a little bit and, and shaking some hands. So coming to these shows, just like, again, just meeting people and like, you never know who's going to like come around the corner or who's going to walk up and tell you some story about Atari or get excited about a game that you didn't really, um, picture they they would get into so yeah it was it was a lot of a lot lot of moments like that that really really stuck out to me very cool sam what about you what were the uh were some of the highlights i mean a lot of similar stuff like like seeing everything walking around seeing all the booths uh i really enjoyed uh since this is sort of my first like my first job in the games industry i really enjoyed like like meeting all of these other industry people and, and, and indie developers like, like face to face, having, having, uh, c- c- conversations with them. Um, I re- I really enjoyed. So we had a inflatable uh, suit <laughs> for our, uh, character, Mr. Front and jump. And I spent, uh, like about, what'd you say? Like, like, a like a few hours, like over both of the days. Yeah, I think so. Running around in that suit, interacting with people at the expo, running around outside in the streets of uh, Seattle. We filmed a lot of good stuff. That, that was really fun. That was a big highlight for me. <laughs> what was I got to ask? So, okay, I gotta, you got to tell this story because basically there was a stage that had <laughs> um, Just Dance. And they were just running Just Dance on this thing the whole time. I think it was easy, even using a Connect, which was interesting. Yeah, yeah. They had but, that at PAX East as well. Right. And there was a guy constantly there, and he was doing everything. And Sam jumps into this thing as Mr. Run and Jump <laughs> to do to play Just Dance. And it was entirely his idea. He's like, oh, hey, Mr. Run and Jump's got to do Just Dance. Mr. Run and Jump's got to do Just Dance. And he does this thing. I just want to know, what was it like playing Just Dance? <laughs> As basically this, it, for those who don't know what this looked like, the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Uh, I could barely see out of it while I was like jumping around and doing everything, and like like started to like 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 fog up in there in the one spot that I could look out of. I could like barely glance at the screen to like, to see an idea of the movements I was supposed to be doing. It was. It was really funny. It's hard there, enough to get those moves down, even when you're not wearing a crazy mask yeah. suit thing. I think I that got dude was killing it. Like some amount of of uh, uh, points, though, right? Like I, did. I have a picture of your end screen here somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I think I think, I think, I think there well. are some perfects in there. So <laughs> yeah, the funniest thing about it though is because it's just like this giant white <laughs> ball that he's basically in. Sam is 
legit trying to do the moves, but like <laughs> as if he wasn't in the suit. So you oftentimes will see this thing moving around and just like see the imprint of Sam like banging against this outfit. <laughs> and it's so ridiculous and hilarious looking. It's kind of like that scene at the end of uh, in uh, Ace Ventura when Nature Calls where he's like trying to get through the rhino, but it's like Sam's face hitting, yeah. the, hitting the white sheet of Mr. Rudgeoff like he's trying to escape. It's amazing. <laughs> That's exactly Jabba, there were points say. where I was trying to maneuver the arms around, but it just looks like... I'm trying to like break out of the suit. You can see my hands. Yeah, it was hard to maneuver it around. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to get a V two. You got a score of you got a score of fifteen hundred. So you got some points and nice. you got that's a, pretty good. A, a rating yeah. of crazy. I don't know. Ooh, that yeah, sounds crazy. great. Nice. I mean, never played never played Just Dance in my life, but that sounds great. The guy you were playing with though got a superstar rating. He had um, eleven thousand. Well, he was on uh, top of that thing. He was I, amazing. So he was real good. I think he's still there, probably. Yes, dancing on that stage. <laughs> so he's happy. still there I, to this day. That's another thing, great thing about yeah. the PAX community, though. It's like there is a place for you to go play. It's not just like whatever the newest trend is. It's also just like play anything or celebrate any component or era or moment in gaming. It's it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it is such well, a welcoming community. It seems like like people were hyping him up. Um, totally, like he had, a, he had a crowd there, around him. There was there was one guy while we were chasing Sam around, and uh, you guys, you know, uh, shout out to Bianca um, on our side to social media. Um, but Shaw, you and her were actually actively like going around trying to make him do these things. And there was one guy who who asked me, he's like, what is that thing? And I said, it's Mr. <laughs> Run and Jump. I said, he's like, I said, it's a game. You could get it. I was like, get it now on Steam. He's like, you just got yourself a wish list. He's like, great marketing. <laughs> and did awesome. it right there in front of me. It was great. Um, I got to go next on the highlights um, and just say that I was firmly planted between Days of Doom and Lunar Lander Beyond. And that was most of my experience um, other than like the 10 minutes that I was selling stuff without any training on the till. So hopefully everybody got charged in the last hour of that for things. Um, but anyway, that other than that, that's basically where I was. And it was just very cool. Uh, New, play NYC was the first time I actually got to see people play days of doom firsthand, like right in front of me. And uh, that just seemed really well received at in that moment and see that times like infinite more for packs and seeing a lot of positivity and people wishlisting and seeing some of the results afterwards. Like it was, it's always heartening to see something that, you know, just in general, when you, when you put a lot of time into a game and you see, or any project and you see people play it and actually enjoying the thing, even in those brief moments, you know, putting aside whatever happens with the final, you know, with the final release or review scores, whatever they may be, those moments are still awesome and, and make it good worthwhile. So um, seeing that it was the first time seeing Lunar Lander being played and you know you talk about people from prior generations who are familiar with atari versus younger players or who have never played a game like this before lunar lander makes no makes uh no qualms in, about being uh about controlling like the classic lunar lander it's way more forgiving than the original looks completely different has a whole lot of new stuff but the gameplay is still very much that gravity flyer that it was a term i didn't know existed until we released gravatar recharged and seeing people play it and wrap their heads around the controls you can easily tell who knows what this is who doesn't 
And then when you get the pairings of people who did and didn't and seeing the one behind them, like kind of lord over their kid while he struggles and they're just laughing, like, let me show you how it's done. And then go in and just absolutely nail it with precision because they know how these games control. It was it was great to see. Also, people don't read. We tell people immediately what the uh, <laughs> how to play the game and they're just like, whatever, I don't want to play a game. And then they just jump in and they don't. So learn that. That's a lot of fun. Also, you know, you know what I'm going to say. Got to give a shout out to to the Lords of Gaming who came oh, by. Yes. I, I had uh, to play that video on the on the. Video. I know it was great. I mean, look, I I was caught off guard because I, I'm a big fan of Lord Cognito for his work on um, on Defining Duke and Xbox Podcast, and he always calls himself Lord Turnbase. So I called him out on Twitter to come by the booth, and he answered the call. So not so he came by along with King David and Lord Addict from the Lords of Gaming. Um, funny story with King David. Uh, this guy starts playing Lunar Lander and he's into it. Lord Addict basically after the addict after the first time he plays it, he's like, Hey, can I get the control? He's like, Hey, can I go next? And uh King's like, No, you may not. Absolutely not. You got to pry this thing out of my hands if you want it. <laughs> so he That's was funny. really into Lunar Lander. That was great. But uh Addict got on uh Days of Doom and uh I got interviewed by uh by Cognito. And that was awesome. Really caught me off guard when he started the interview saying, who is this fine gentleman next to me that I did not know how to respond to when he said that. Um, but it was it was an absolute pleasure to meet those guys. And I and the enthusiasm is unmatched. And um, yeah, it was great. And it just kind of encapsulates, you know, the enthusiasm that came from anybody else who came by the booth. You know, you never know. You're coming from Atari. You hear all the chatter. You hear all the nonsense of people who who want to come at us for whatever history we may or may not have in their opinion. But to just see general overwhelming positivity from people who come to the booth, that is the ultimate highlight. So, Ethan, bring us home with a highlight. I, I, want, I want to know two things from you. Yet again, you get the two first. Because the one, I want to know, I want to know your highlights. And two, I want to know, just from you, we won't go around the horn on this one. What would you do differently for next time? As I hope this is not the last time we do something like this, although we have nothing to announce at this time like to know some of the some of the learnings you may have found as the the leader of this i mean i think the highlight for me i was um maybe this sounds selfish but like i think the highlight for me was was being uh having everyone from our team there like i think like it was really cool to be and show off the games and all this all of the stuff you guys were talking about like all those moments i think were really special but i think for me, like, we so often interact with one another this way. You know, like, you and Sam sometimes are together in the office. Sean and I rarely get to spend time together. Um, so having the whole team in one place together, like, with a purpose was really awesome. That was probably my favorite part um, of, the, of the event. I also love just getting my hands dirty and, like, doing something, like, building something up and doing it and then completing it and, like, walking away and, like, we did something today. So I always like that sort of sort of thing. Um, I do something different. I you know I really I'm not sure. Um, I think I'd love to have there are things that I'd love to like upgrade. We we talked about doing kind of like cooler, more like arcade cabinet type like demo stations. Um, I think maybe I would we could talk through like other like merch strategy stuff that maybe simplifying that a bit more can be interesting. Um, I don't know. I felt like we did a lot of thought on it. I, I kind of was happy with 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 what we did. I, I think we maybe like have less things 
that could be that could be a learning like we had a lot of stuff there that we were talking about and came i don't know how like if someone came by the booth and wanted to know everything it was kind of a lot for them to take in Mm -hmm. and walk away with um so maybe having like less games or less other like product and things that we were talking about or other things from atari but um generally though i felt like i i kind of i kind of was happy with what we did i agree it's tough though because like i feel like we're in like a proving stage right now where like we need to like prove that we're like we know what we're doing in like the indie video game space that i think like we do we do we do and like it's like i feel like that's why we like have to show (laughs) a lot of things don't tell them otherwise we do we're really good at our jobs (laughs) but i feel like that's why like you know this is our first packs right so it's like i feel like that's where we need to like go like oh like we have all these games we have all these things going on so i agree with you like i want to be able to get to a point where we're just like here's like three really good games and you're going to play them and you're going to like them. Um, but now we're kind of like, you know, we're, we're spreading our wings a little bit. There was a lot of learning on the boring shit that no one's going to know about or talk about of like behind the scenes on how we like get stuff onto the floor and how where to ship yeah. things and how to manage stuff and what type of electrical power to have. Sure. All types of that type of stuff that I think that going back, we could be more efficient. But um, none of that's exciting to talk about on a podcast. No, but I will say, I I did not understand how strong Ethan was until I saw this man like just throwing around these full totes. That I was like, I could probably use some help lifting this one, and then he just goes in and just like gorilla, he just throws this thing over this <laughs> giant. I don't know what you're talking about. Crazy. I got that. It, it was. I don't know what you're talking about though. It happened. Totes? It was at the end. It was. It was the last day. Yeah, you had like those big the black big totes. Chest. Oh, like just, the like, containers. Yeah, the things that were absolutely filled with heavy shit, and you just just throwing them around like it well, was nothing. And then you're like, I'm tired. Like, I okay. had I had all of everything that we packed that was ours in my driveway, and I had two folding tables out, and I had everything pulled out, and I was like going through looking at inventories, trying to like find like the POS system. I was like, it's, it's got to be in here somewhere. I'm like digging <laughs> through T-shirts, um, and I was like. Where did the 2600 pluses go? Like, I was thinking in my head, I was like, are those the only two 2600 pluses that we have? And I don't know where they are. They're in some random box in my garage. So I figured that all out. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Sweet. Throw stuff around. Good stuff. Well, any anybody else have anything they want to say about packs that we didn't talk about? No? Right on. Well, then we nailed it. Good stuff. Hey, it was a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully we get to do that again soon. And hopefully if you're listening, you didn't get to make it. You get to make it out when we do some sort of in-person event. As always. Uh, Atari oh. will be at Portland Retro Game oh, Expo, right. um, which is the, uh, I think it's the 14th to the 16th. Uh, maybe someone check my math on that. But like, um, it'll be it'll be really fun. Uh, there's a couple stuff, there are a couple things that Atari is um, bringing up there to to go along with you know, what Atari age is doing at the Portland retro game event. So sweet. We, I don't think any of us are going, I might go, but, um, uh, that's a cool place to go up and interact with more Atari people. Yeah. That's awesome. Good stuff. Good call. All right. As always like to end these podcasts, but just, just general chat about video games. Let's talk about some games. What are we playing? Uh, Sam, haven't heard from you in a while. Why don't you start us off? What I have, have to you... run, guys. I'm gonna go. I'll let you guys keep talking. I'll just say that, like, I uh, I'm playing Starfield, and I'm I've fallen asleep twice while playing it. I really want to get into it, and I think I'm, maybe I'm just old, um, but uh, that was my problem. 
Yes, uh, Ethan knows how to make a box quote just on the fly. I fell asleep twice. Yep. I've never done that with a video game where I've like fallen asleep. I like wake up and I like have the controller in my hand. And I was like, oh yeah, I was talking to that lady. Um, <laughs> She's still waiting for your response. Nice. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thank. Thanks for joining. See ya. See ya. Bye. All right, Sam. What um, what have you been playing? So I'm nearing the end of Pikmin 4. I'm on like the last, I think, like like the last map of the game. Uh, but I actually taken a small break from that to finish uh, Jedi Sur- Survivor. Because I'm actually, nice. I was at the end of that game and then I dropped it for whatever reason. I got uh, distracted by other games. So I'm actually finishing that up a little later tonight. Hell yeah. All right, cool. Um, Shaw. Um, I have been slowly getting my way through Armored Core. Um, nice. I think, like Ethan was talking about Starfield, I was really excited for Armored Core just because it's a FromSoft game. Um, and I'm playing it, and I'm like, it's not grabbing me like their other games have. Um, it's it's still fun, and it's still challenging, and I like flying around and dodging and feeling like a Gundam. And blowing things up, um, but it's, the gameplay loop is just like I know, just like the starting and stopping missions thing um, slows me down a bit. Um, I, I'm gonna finish it. It'll, it's gonna take me time. Uh, and today I started Gumbrella, uh, nice. like in the middle of the day. Uh, I just threw it on for like 45 minutes and played it a little bit. It's fun. It's a it's a Devolver game. Uh, it's like a little dark uh it's it's got a lot of it's got some cool humor to it like weird characters um the uh movement mechanics are kind of weird because you kind of use your like umbrella to like boost yourself in certain directions so it's taking me some time to get used to but i'm liking it so far i i I think i'll probably i'll probably finish it maybe this week now for armored core Mm-hmm. Is that your first Armored Core? Or do you have it is my first Armored Core. Okay. Yeah, but armor. you're a big From guy for the Souls stuff. Yeah, I uh, like Bloodborne is my favorite game of all time. I put a lot of hours into Elden Ring. Um, I, I really I like From games a lot. Um, yeah, but that's the funny I, thing is like they now have this identity, but they were the Armored Core guys totally. for so long. <laughs> and it's funny that I, I wonder how much shell shock people get who are in your similar position. Yeah. We're like, well, I love From. I've loved them for the last, you know, 10 years and now it's like well surprise yeah this is, yeah they also like giant robots and <laughs> customizing little bits and bobs i trust it that it's still got that like weird story going on in the background that i'd like to see yeah. unfold i just like okay. when he's handler walter and everybody has cool names um, <laughs> so the name of the game is cool itself the fires of yeah, rubicon fires i don't know what that means cool. but that's so cool it's super <laughs> hell cool. yeah so all right uh, then I'm last, I suppose. I've been playing two games, but I'll just talk about one of them, which is uh, one that I don't think gets much love. It came out earlier this year. Bayonetta Origins, Cereza, and the Lost Demon. Trademarked. That's I'm just reading the actual name on the Switch eShop. Good. I was confused until you said trademark. Yeah, it's trademarked, so TM. Um, this, game is, this game is Delight. It is a Bayonetta spinoff where you play as a younger version of Bayonetta and you control. I did not. I knew nothing about this game other than it looked cool and I like Bayonetta. And the game itself is this super pretty looking storybook style brothers 
esque game, like Brothers, if you played that, or I forgot what the full name of that game was, where you control two characters at once. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was an actual mechanic in this. So you control Cerezo with one thumbstick, and you control, um, oh man, the cat doll thing with the uh, other Cheshire, right? Yeah, Cheshire, yeah, Cheshire, yeah. And um, and it's just fun. It's quick, breezy. Um, I'm. It says I'm like 25% through the game, which is great because I have not spent a lot of time, and I am all about these tight experiences now um because as much as i love a good meaty rpg i just don't have time and i just the more bigger games come out and pile on i just feel like i'm missing out more and more and more and this game is just uh very delightful very fun super polished and i think as far as an art style goes i can't really liken it to anything else i've seen before so um if you have a switch Anything I just said sounds interesting to you, then check that out. Also, if you're like, hey, I love the idea of Bayonetta, but like, what if she wasn't super sexualized? And <laughs> and I also got to play as this demonic stuffed animal. Well, then this is the game for you. And it's that's, good uh, yeah, I think so. Put that <laughs> it's on the like, box. It's not a character action game, right? It's not like um, it's... It sort of is. That's okay. the thing. It, it It is in a way, but the control scheme is just super unique in how you okay. control the two characters at once. But the combat in encounters at times they it almost feels more like a um, like an okami encounter where you run into an enemy and it's mm-hmm. like okay now you're encircled and yeah. you're just going to attack these things but it's very accessible it's not difficult you know like i i, I talked about i think i talked about solstice on a previous one like that's a character action game i'm playing final fantasy 16 that's the other game i'm playing <laughs> right now that's a character action game mm-hmm. um more so and you know, giant sweeping RPG. This has elements of that. You still have your upgrade tree. You still get moves. It's still in that third person uh, combo driven stuff, but everything is super accessible. One button inputs. Um, and I just now got the ability to start changing uh, like styles. So you start just standard. Now I just got the green power. I don't know what it's called, but you turn green and then you could do things when you're green. Nice. Anyway, good stuff. Good stuff. And that's uh, and that's the show. I'm gonna do a quick wrap up here. Um, say, well, first of all, thanks guys for joining. It's yeah, thanks for having us. Talk about packs. Um, if you made it this far, that probably means you liked it. In that case, we appreciate it, and we appreciate you. And if you appreciate us, you should review this podcast. You can do that on iTunes or various other podcast services. I think you could review on Spotify. Do that; it helps. Say nice things or say bad things, but it's important. Give us five stars. So if you say bad things, put five stars. Then say the bad things. <laughs> Um, that would be appreciated. Um, also, if you made it this far and you have bad things to say, I mean, thanks, I guess. Um, subscribe to the Discord. That's cool. You can uh, talk to fellow Atari fans. You can write into the podcast uh, channel and you can ask questions and let me know what topics you'd like to see on future podcasts. Uh, we'll always try to align and keep them game specific. Um, we'll also do uh, some more one-on-ones talking to the team for some inside Atari baseball. Uh, but that's... You know, that's I, I would love some feedback here. Know what you guys think and try to make the show better. Lastly, I, f- I keep forgetting to do this, but let's let's do this at the end here. You can follow me on Twitter and reach out. Uh, I am at Jays of Doom. Shaw, what about you? If people want to sure. find you, if they want to yeah, stalk you, can, you, where do they you go? Can find me on Twitter. It's at TanConMan. Okay. Well, that's something uh, the rest of us can't say. Sam, what about you? Anything, uh, any plugs? Uh, you can Plug yourself. find me on most uh, social media at smug, smug, smug porky. Yeah, 
do that. The ultimate gamer. Ultimate, ultimate gamer. gamer. That's right. You got to see if that handle is available. See who you can buy that from. <laughs> um, I'm sure it's ultimate gamer. Yeah. Give anytime. Anytime you download a game on a. Anytime. Here's what you should do. If you really made it this far, if you've played any Atari game in the past, it this year, and you've played it on any just anything at all, just say thank you, thank you, Sam, at Smug Porky. Do that. <laughs> No other context. You can say what game it was, but you don't have to. <laughs> Just say, thank you, Sam, or thanks, Sam, or, you know, um, arigato, Sam. If you want to write that in Japanese, you can do that. And <laughs> I'm out of ways to say thank you. So do that. Thanks, no context, Sam. but he's You're the welcome. reason why. So uh, do that. Um, and that's it. That's the show. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye, guys. See ya.